HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market, a dynamic leader in the quality food business, a mission-driven company that aims to set the standards of excellence for food retailers. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, and welcome to the Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, here today with Alice Gao. Hello. Hello, hello. I think people know you um, more so as your handles, your yes, Flickr probably. name, which is? <laughs> the Cheshire Smile. And your Instagram. Um, it's just Alice underscore Gao. Gao. And, I mean, the amount of people that look at your images is just mind-blowing to me. Yeah, I still, I still don't quite believe it sometimes. So, photography wasn't always your passion, or wasn't always something that you thought was going to be such a vital part of your being. No, definitely not. Um, I mean, I was interested in it in high school, and I brought a little point and shoot to, to actually to take pictures of my food, and I was really excited when I discovered the macro mode. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is perfect. Did you work for a high school paper? Was it just a, a pseudo-hobby of yours? It was definitely a pseudo-hobby. Yeah. Um, I did work for the high school paper, but not for photography. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in college, I just continued to do it as a hobby, and I like emptied out my bank account one summer and got an, the an, an SLR. Um, it was like a really shady Craigslist transaction. <laughs> <laughs> I met with this guy on the corner, um, and we just like it was like cash, camera, and that That's was a, it. I actually think I've been that guy before, <laughs> but it. My my stuff's verified. My stuff's not gray markets. It's beautiful equipment. Um, but photography, as well as food, came a long way. You were born and slightly raised in China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was born in China, and I came to America when I was about two and a half. Um, and I grew up eating like lots of spicy Chinese food. Yeah. <laughs> what what kind of dishes? And who was the cook in the family? Uh, my mom mostly 
She made、uh, like lots of Sichuan dishes.、Uh, Mapo tofu comes to mind, and this one dish called a ma yi shang shu, which translates roughly to ants crawling up a branch. Yeah, and it's like these vermicelli noodles with ground meat, and it, it's pretty spicy. And I just like I loved spicy、yeah. food. Do you still have that heat tolerance? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Excellent. It's funny,、mm-hmm. um, you know, being a Caucasian American that didn't eat spicy food at first. I'm An absolute hothead, like can drink a bottle of hot sauce. But I always wondered whether or not it's an innate thing or a learned thing. I mean, are there certain heats that you don't like? Is it、uh, is it mainly in Chinese cuisine that you like? You know, the mala. Yeah, I think I can handle mala much better than certain like、uh, like red chilies or yeah, not the Chinese kind of spice. So、yeah. you grew up in New Jersey.、Mm-hmm. Was there a lot of Chinese food around, or was it mainly in the home?、Um, I recall it mainly being in the home.、Um, my, I remember my grandma stayed with me for a little bit, and so she actually. I think I ate a lot of instant ramen <laughs> when she was around. Yeah, yeah. So, but I was a really picky eater. Like, hated anything green, and I would pick out scallions for my soup or like cilantro was especially the worst.、Um, but now I think back, I'm like, why did I hate that stuff? It's delicious. Yeah, now that you've eaten whale. I mean, my <laughs> or God, shark. yeah, or shark. You've run the gamut, but、mm-hmm. we'll talk about Iceland a little bit later.、Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, your father left China to come here、mm-hmm. to start a profession and bring his family over.、Um, it was a very tough time in China at that point.、Mm-hmm. Um, what was the political climate like?、Um, so my dad was actually he came here for his PhD, and he was on here on a very short term visa, and he was. Expected to return to China right after. During the time there was the Tiananmen Square massacre, where students were rebelling and the government,、uh, you know, did some not great things. And then the U.S. government was like, "We'll we'll protect the students who are here." And my dad got a chance to stay. And, yeah. And that's how we. My mom came over after that, and then I came over separately. So we all immigrated at different times, like a year apart. So you know, you're in a situation like that. Do you want to hold on to those traditions? I mean, or do you want to come and you know, tabula rasa, clean slate, and start over again? I mean, how important are Chinese traditions to you and your family, as well as you know the Chinese foods?、Mm-hmm. Um, actually, my I would say that my parents are not that traditional,、um, but I I think you know, and there was like this. Time in high school where I was like, oh, like I want to be like not that I want to be white, but you know I don't care about these traditions. But like now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, I should really hold on to these more. Yeah, yeah. And what's the best way? I mean, obviously there's such a proliferation of Sichuan and other you know、uh, Asian cuisines here.、Mm-hmm. Do you think food is a gateway? Yeah, and actually, for now, there's a tradition with some of my friends here.、Um, for Chinese New Year, we get together and make dumplings from scratch. Yeah, so that's always a fun one. Did you know how to make dumplings before, or was it a collective effort? It was more of a collective effort. I think some of my friends are better at that than me, especially the the dumpling folding part. Yeah, you can always tell which one mine are because they're the ugliest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. We've seen photos of, you know, every food under the sun from you and. You know, you always put it underneath a good light, so I'm sure you have some proficiencies. <laughs> Or I just get those from the dumplings on my stream, or like from my mom, and、yeah. I just pretend. <laughs> <laughs> so going to school in Philly,、mm-hmm. all I know about Philly is you know wit whiz. You know, you go get a cheesesteak. Oh yeah, like Pat and Gino's. And- I've actually never been to Pat or Gino's during my like.、Really? I know it's it's. 
I don't know how I missed it, but I think I was just busy exploring the other, the rest of the food scene. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, I mean, through the paper at college, mm-hmm. you got to explore the food scene a little bit. Yeah. Um, there was a, um, a school news, or yeah, the school uh, food magazine. It was called Pen Appetit, <laughs> which I thought was pretty cute. It, it made me do my laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I so I did do some photography for them, but that was still you know just totally hobby, like never considered it. Yeah. So I mean, photography. What did you do? Did you go to a restaurant, shoot a, something on a table? Did you shoot ambiance? I mean, was there an approach yet, or was it just kind of snapshotty? Um, I think it was still pretty snapshotty in the beginning. Um, I was became more and shameless about <laughs> taking photos in restaurants. Although now I, I try not to do it anymore. Um, at least not with like a big camera. Yeah. Um, oh, you mean like sitting at the table and pulling out the camera? Yeah, and- yeah. Like I would do that. Like when I wasn't on a shoot, just for personal work, I'd be like taking pictures of my food. Yeah. And I, I know that's kind of frowned down <coughs> upon now. Is it really though? Like, I know people are pissed about it, but what is your point of view? I mean, do you think it's disrespectful? Do you think it's? I think, see, if I were a chef and I were producing, like, a really beautiful plate and then someone took a horrible photo of it and applied, like, a really bad filter on it and suddenly that was, you know, all over Instagram or Tumblr or whatever, I, I think I would be slightly offended. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, if they don't make it look good and to the chef, that is, like, a, a work of art. Yeah. But um, are you like, I'm Alice Gal. <laughs> I can make this thing beautiful no matter what. Um. Yeah, I mean, I still do it, but I won't post any pictures taken in bad light, yeah. you know. I, I think that's a very important rule. You know, like, you have to know the best situation for the image itself. You know, mm-hmm. go go during lunch. You have natural light. And, mm-hmm. You know, but uh, just yeah. say that you ate something by posting a shitty, blurry, yellow photo. Yeah. Not the greatest. Not the greatest. So how do you make these things great? What did you do with your photography, translate from these snapshots, you know, at Pen Appetit into what you do now? Gosh. Um, it was a little question. Yeah. It's too big. I think what I did was, or what helped me was looking at, um, like, other professional photographers and their work and seeing, like, what aspects about those that I really liked and what... Uh, kind of jumped out at me like why was i drawn to this yeah. image let's go one one by one and mm-hmm. you tell me what those things are that drew you to them mm-hmm. usually it is composition and light i mean well those are the main things yeah. but like the it's i think i was drawn to a certain type of light where it was um just kind of like a side lit like i don't even know how to describe it yeah. it's like um, a painting almost like a single yeah because there was only a casting shadow on one side what Mm-hmm. I mean, what photographers, what magazines kind of shot in that way? Um, I mean, I love Dita Sager and Gentle and Hires' work. I think those were the, the few that I, when I was just starting, I always looked to their portfolios for kind of inspiration. Yeah, and you know how people look at your photos on, you know, Instagram. Do you advise people to look at other people's photos for that same reason rather than just be like, Yum, 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 nom, 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 nom. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of people will email me um, about, like, how do you do, or, you know, what can I do to get to that place? And I'm like, look at these people's portfolios, yeah. and I send them to the ones that I used to look at. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of yours who, one day I'll get on this show, Nicole mm-hmm. Franz, and mm-hmm. um, you both have a very similar aesthetic as far as light goes. He said, you know, more towards the dark, even though you do very white pictures every mm-hmm. once in a while. Um, 
kind of camera, what kind of equipment are ideal for that kind of, you know, uh, image? Um, well, I, I don't know if it really depends on the, the camera, because I think you can create a, that look with your iPhone and, like, a $3,000 camera, too. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if I would say, like, it's a camera thing. So, what is it? Is it a light thing? Is it a situational thing? It's very much a light and situational thing, I think. Um, and actually, when Nicole and I were lunching together recently, we uh, we were looking at the table next to us, and as soon as the couple left, we like whipped out our phones to yeah. take a picture of it because we noticed like the beautiful light coming in, the the situation of like the leftover kind of mess from the diners, and like that's we were both really drawn to that. So um, sometimes it's more about the light than actual food that's on a plate. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, it helps if the food is pretty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you live down in the South Street Seaport, mm-hmm. and you have this amazing morning light that comes in. Um, because I, see, I think I see a lot of your photos time-coded towards mm-hmm. earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you set yourself up to shoot in, in a space like that? Is it early rise, you know, early to bed kind of thing? Um, I wish I were more of an early <laughs> riser. Uh, it's horrible. Um, but... Yeah, there's actually this, like, right around sunrise, there's this beautiful glow in my apartment. And I, whenever I uh, am able to catch it, I always take a photo of something, like, with the with the uh, slanted light. But um, I think the light in my apartment is pretty good throughout the day. It just becomes more diffuse. Um, and I, I have, <laughs> it's like sometimes for Instagram, I'll actually use diffusers. Just kind of embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I mean... You have to. I mean, sometimes those filters are necessary rather than, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of quirky artistic thing that you apply to it. Yeah. But at the same time, the images that you present on Instagram are superior to the majority of Instagrammers. <laughs> and and why is that? Is it because of filters? Is it because of manipulating Instagram? Um, I think a lot of it is that I edit the photos before I put them in Instagram and I'll uh, usually or almost 100% of the time edit them in Snapseed and I just take up the brightness a bit like maybe punch up the contrast and just that little bit and then people are like you didn't take that with an iPhone yeah so I mean I think that's a great app but I also just make sure I'm always shooting in good light or you know I, I make sure I have a straight picture and all those small things I think can really make a difference well We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about how all those small things have turned into a big phenomenon. You've been (laughs) listening to The Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We'll be right back. Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Seeing a need to help people sort through all the misinformation about healthy eating, Whole Foods Market added a seventh core value to promote the health of our stakeholders through healthy eating education. In our stores, we give you the tools you need for choosing the most nutritious foods and healthy recipes, as well as offering classes with nutritionists and cooking coaches to help inspire good health and well-being. Stop by your local store today and learn more about our Health Starts Here program and wellness clubs or online at wholefoodsmarket.com slash healthstartshere. And welcome back to the food scene on heritageradionetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, here today with Alice Gao. And again... Flickr name? The Cheshire Smile, but I, I don't really use Flickr no. anymore. No, no, it's a thing of the past <laughs> to where we're on Instagram well, now. Well, someone hacked my Yahoo account. So, oh, Lord. Yeah. 
I mean, you started that account, though, not taking pictures of food necessarily. I saw mm-hmm. tons of self-portraits. Mm-hmm. Why was that your lead into photography? I think because, you know, you're, you're always available as a subject <laughs> yourself. And when I you know, first got my SLR, I didn't really know what, what to take pictures of. And there was that whole, like, 365-day uh, portrait project on Flickr that a lot of people were doing. And so I just jumped on that. I mean, I didn't take one every day, but it was still really great to learn like my camera and like different elements of photography that through self portraits. I mean, do you think food is uh, a whole other thing to learn, you know, to photograph that it's almost better to find a subject that you're more comfortable with and figure out your equipment before moving into composing a perfect food dish? Um, I, I think, uh, Sorry, you remind me of the question. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, with self-portraiture and mm-hmm. you saying that you were always available, but that you know mm-hmm. how to take a picture or interpret a picture of yourself, mm-hmm. food is another thing. Food is, you know, a little bit harder to photograph because you have to understand food a little bit, or at least I think so. Yeah. Do you think it's important to learn how to use your equipment on something that you know first and then move into food or just go ahead and splash on the table? I guess everyone learns differently, right? So, you know, for me, it was just easier to do something that, you know, I was familiar with. But um, I don't think that, you know, I think either of those options are totally fine for when you're learning. Yeah. Um, Because I, I mean, I took a lot of food pictures when I first had my camera. And when I look back on them, I think they're horrible. Yeah. (laughs) So I think, and when I look back on the self-portraits, I think they're horrible as well. So I think no matter what you start with in the beginning... And if you do get better, you're going to think those are terrible. So getting better means everything else that you've done prior is terrible. (laughs) That seems like some kind of weird positive negative thing. I think getting better is Mm -hmm. the more important thing. Yeah. Or at least recognizing like what I was doing wrong back then. So, I mean, what were you doing wrong and how did you improve? Um, Mm -hmm. What were some of your favorite photos that you took at first and where were they? Um, I took a lot of cafe photos when I... Uh, first moved to New York, I was obsessed with coffee and I wanted to try like every good coffee shop. And then I would always bring my camera, but I would, um, I guess back then I was like, Ooh, shooting wide open. This is great. And all my pictures are blurry or like grainy or, um, I just like, I'm like, what is in focus here? So whenever I look back on that, I find that a bit painful. Um, so I think one of those are one of the biggest mistakes I made. Yeah, I mean, cafe culture. Did you find your favorite one to photograph in? And did you find your best coffee? Um, There were, I mean, there were so many good ones. And I mean, my favorite cafe is probably still Abrasso in the East Village, uh, which is not much to photograph, given that it's like two square feet. (laughs) But there are some beautiful cafes like in, um, I really liked Cafe 1668, which is in Tribeca. It had that kind of like dark wood um, aesthetic. And I mean, I didn't take very good photos of it at the time, but, you know, I just really enjoyed going there. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about restaurants. Are there specific restaurants because you say, you know, really nice light or like really nice rustic wood? Um, What are your favorite restaurants to shoot in then? I really enjoyed shooting in Maison Premier. It's such a beautiful space. And I've been lucky to get to go there during the daytime um, for serious seats shoots. And I just always get distracted by the like the furniture and the the texture of the walls and i'm always like when we're waiting for something to be made i'm walking around the restaurant taking pictures of the interior so you say serious eats mm-hmm. how do you get hooked up with them 
Um, I actually started as an intern there after I quit my day job to do photography. I someone like a ton of my friends were like, "Oh, they're looking for photo interns. You should apply." And I'm like, "Ugh, they're not even going to look at my yeah. email." And then when I when I actually got uh, a response, I was super surprised and really happy. And then I went in and did um, like a three month internship with them, and then I continued to shoot for them after that. Very cool. What mm-hmm. were some of your first assignments? Um, I just remember like on the first day, I got to do this great pasta tasting um i can't even remember the <laughs> name of the restaurant it's in gramercy and they do it's like an italian restaurant i'm totally drawing a blank but they do um We're, they were we, doing we can always pasta. search serious eats and yeah that. yeah um and then on that same day i was doing this like uh this dinner where they invited chefs from all over i think and um I remember sitting at the table with Tom Colicchio, actually. <laughs> I was yeah. like, whoa, this is a great first day on the internship. Yeah, that, yeah. that is not too shabby. <laughs> um, you know, with that work through Serious Eats, through your years of self-portraiture, you've parlayed a hobby, or more than a hobby, into a now profession. Mm-hmm. Um, started shooting cookbooks. You did one for, what is it, Danny Macaroon? Yes, that How was, was that very experience? exciting. Um, it was it was great. I like I had so much fun. I was working with a prop stylist and food stylist and just having a team together made my job like I felt like it was like an easy thing. I'm like, how is this work? Yeah. Like this is so great. <laughs> and uh it was just fun cuz macarons are so tiny, so we got to just kind of make, you know, like it was it was a challenge to make all of them look different, but um it was also fun working with like smaller things than rather plates of food so let's talk about a team and not having worked with one before mm-hmm. how important do you think they are now i would i, I just want like a live-in stylist yeah <laughs> like <laughs> even for my instagram shots i'm like can i just have someone do that yeah um but yeah i think if i i just think having a food or prop and or a prop stylist makes a world of difference so still lives you have uh what is it pink olive Mm-hmm. You've done some stuff for Tiffany and Co. Uh, yeah, for their uh, did like an Instagram campaign for them. So, mm-hmm. how do those different from food, or is it still life the same as you know? I kind of consider in this them in the same realm. Um, I find still life slightly easier because you're not you don't have to deal with something that can change shape or form in like you know like maybe it doesn't look as good in ten minutes. With still life, you can manipulate it a little more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you see a beautiful still life, you look through a cookbook and you say, I want to make that. Do you ever cook without recipe, you know, without recipes that have photos? I usually don't. Um, I have though, I made, I think from this is a cookbook, I made the Nutella buns because they're Nutella buns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think there was a photo for that. So I think that might've been one of the only things I've ever cooked that doesn't have a photo. Because how important, I mean, obviously for us it is imagery. Mm-hmm. To get someone to interact with food. Because do you ever tell people, oh, I had the best coffee at X place and they run there? Or is it that much more effective to show them that cup? Uh, for me, I think to show, it's just nice to show them. Because I do kind of keep a photo of everything. <laughs> I can be like, oh, here, let me show you this place. Yeah. You know? So uh, what what picture are you most often showing people now? Is it, it is it a Nutella bar? Is it a cup of coffee? Is it some pasta? Recently, it's been Paris and Iceland because <laughs> those are the two recent trips yeah, I took. Those um, are good things to show people. Yeah. And what in Paris? I mean, obviously, patisseries. There are so many places. What, mm-hmm. what were your favorites there? Um, I just, uh, well, we 
like for patisseries, we would just walk into a random one on the street, and I feel like you could get a better croissant than anything here. Um, but we, I just, our my favorite restaurant there is L'Arpège, and uh, that was just you know always a great experience. It's my second time there. Yeah. Um, and is that a place that you take your camera into the dining room and take pictures of every dish? You, yeah, I and mean, I, I've done that. Um, I bring a smaller camera, so it's a little less obtrusive. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What is your smaller camera? Um, I use the Fuji X100 for those kind of restaurant photos now. Excellent. And it's a smaller, compact little thing, kind of works more inconspicuously. Yeah, it's a little bit quieter, and it's like you know, it's definitely much smaller than an SLR. Yeah. But in Iceland, you were, you took out the big guns. Oh, yes. <laughs> and tell me a little bit about Iceland, you know, how you got there and what you experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a food press trip. So, you know, we did a tour. We did a tour of like all different areas of Iceland. And um, every night we did a supper club with some of the local Icelanders. And, uh, you know, they shared our, their culture with us. There was usually singing and dancing. And um, I got to try some of the local or a lot of the local food. Um, we had a lot of codfish and lobster, although their lobsters are like, you know, really small, like almost like giant prawns. Yeah. Um, we ate a lot of lamb. It was all really good. And how do you say S-K-Y-R? Skier. Skier. (laughs) Yeah. Skier every morning, which is great. But aside from just the food, I mean, the the landscapes, the vistas there, um, you were telling me about these lagoons that just happen on the roadsides. Well, the the most famous one is the Glacial Lagoon, and we stopped by it one morning, and I... When I got out of the car, I literally gasped because I just couldn't believe that like something like that existed. And it's like this beautiful shades of blue and gray and white and black. And that's just a color palette that I'm really drawn to. Um, And I just like, I didn't even know where to start taking photos. (laughs) It's funny you say blue, gray, white, black. Um, They don't sound like the most attractive food colors. Um, what is it about those very cool and, you know, calming palettes or hues that you really like? I guess I just, uh, I really like neutrals. So, and there's something about a certain shade of blue that goes really well with the, that whole, like, almost like a Scandinavian Nordic aesthetic. And I'm really drawn to that. I I don't know why, but I just know that, you know, that's. Sometimes I even edit my pictures uh, to be sort of bluish, grayish. Oh, you actually like cool them off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've seen so many of your photos, and actually we met at what Bluebird Cafe, mm-hmm. and that has that very vibrant, not royal blue, but mm-hmm. is it that kind of blue? Um, I prefer more of like a like a grayish blue. Yeah, yeah. So, tell me about a couple Instagram photos that have that in them. What? Where are they from? What dishes? What spaces? Um, well, in Iceland, it was just like easy to to create that look because it was there. Like I didn't even yeah. have to cool anything. Like the sky is just, or the light was just bluer there. Like I woke up one morning and it was uh, like everything looked blue outside. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Um, but here, like whenever I take a picture of my dark uh, blue, it's almost like black in photos. Whenever I take a picture of that wall, I think um, all of those pictures have that blue gray black white so i you know it's your developed aesthetic it's your it's your style inherently now that you've worked so long for but almost don't have to think about it's it's kind of a cool thing to you know realize and look back that you've done that for yourself (laughs) um 
food again. Mm-hmm. Beautiful dishes. What are some of your favorite ones that you've ever photographed? Um, uh, I think Gwinnett Street in, uh, actually not too far from here. Um, they have some really beautiful plating and I did uh, a shoot for their autumn dishes and I was just like, wow, every plate is like a work of art. Yeah. And I think their, their plating was just, it really was, I was like, you know, couldn't take a bad photo of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, have there been subjects and I'm not calling out, you know, names or people, but are there certain things that are really hard to photograph? I know I have problems with like cooked greens and really brown meats yeah cooked greens are hard because it's hard especially if they're on like a white plate without like blowing out the white and getting the detail in the green and i think that's difficult um i i actually just cooked a little something (laughs) yesterday with um with uh chard and like a salmon and i was having trouble getting the chard to come out yeah photo well i mean then again what are some of the easier and more beautiful things that you know without fail photograph well um most i think desserts photograph pretty well and uh fish i think it can i i I guess it really depends who's making it yeah (laughs) um i think uh soups can photograph really well but yeah i really think it just it depends on the restaurant and their aesthetic so on who's making it do you photograph a lot of the food that you make Actually, if I'm making food, it's for the purpose of being photographed yeah. most, like 90% of the time. Um, I rarely cook. And when I do, it's because I want to shoot something. Yeah. And what have you cooked lately that you've thusly photographed? Um, I Let's see. Well, I, I haven't really cooked much, but um, I was making um, like kale and pastas a lot during the winter and... I would be photographing that or I, yeah, I think for me, pastas are like the easiest thing to make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no Szechuan, no, not ants on the log. What is, what is it? Uh, ants crawling up a branch. Yeah. No <laughs> ants crawling up on a branch for you. I, I would love to learn how to cook that stuff, but I, I think I just have such a limited pantry space and stocking up on all the different Chinese spices. Is yeah. Something I haven't even tried to do yet. Well, couldn't you just buy five spice and that knock out five? <laughs> <laughs> can't be that easy yeah it should be um your instagram is alice underscore gal Mm -hmm. if you don't follow it and i'm assuming you do because everybody follows alice gal it's just stunning it's inspirational and it's certainly tantalizing so thank you for keeping us hungry and we will certainly keep checking in thank you Thanks again for being on. You've been listening to The Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. Hoping to have you back here next Tuesday at 3. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.